This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I don't say, I don't dance, I don't do those anymore. Anything I don't show, you won't try here anymore. Bradley, 33, opens the door to exit the office of his therapist, Brenda, 46. Bradley's session was a middling endeavor. He had no new breakthroughs, which disappointed him. On the other hand, Brenda was relieved that Bradley made it through the session without an outburst about his fear of supervolcanoes. To Brenda, a happily married New Jersey native who has practiced in New York City for eight years, Bradley is a sort of patient that tries her patience. Though Brenda has made it clear that the session is over, Bradley is not content to leave quietly. I, I guess I just don't understand why a woman would get upset with me just because I asked her to suck her thumb during sex. We can talk about it next week. That's a conversation better suited for the privacy of my office. My other patients don't need to hear about your personal life. Ugh, Doc, you and your boundaries. It's just a question. I'll just Google it. Goodbye, Brad. Emily, 30, has occupied the same time slot in Brenda's schedule for three years. She now sits reading an out-of-date Reader's Digest, waiting with bated breath for Bradley to exit. Every week, she's entertained hearing Bradley's last-minute ramblings as he exits Brenda's office. Emily relocated from Texas to New York City to pursue a Master's of Fine Art degree. Since graduation, she has garnered success designing shoes, handbags, jewelry, and accessories in the fashion industry. Since making the move from a large company to a much smaller women's specialty store, she has begun shifting her life's focus from her career to love. Emily enters Brenda's office and crumples into the sofa. I'm losing it. Hello to you, too. I'm sorry, that was rude. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Why are you losing it? It's Harry. I mean, of course it is. I feel like that's the only reason I come here to bitch about this piece of work. I have no patience for this man. We just got back from this big trip in California where we had a bunch of client meetings, seven meetings in three days. But I have to tell you, I absolutely nailed every one of them. I, I mean the meetings, not the clients. You started going on work trips to meet clients recently, right? Has it been stressful expanding your responsibilities beyond designing accessories? It's very stressful. And since I started working at the small company, I've realized that there are definitely benefits. You get lost in big companies because half the employees don't even know who you are. Now, I'm in the middle of everything and wear like five different hats. I mean, my God, in my old company, I would never have even met the CEO, let alone developed feelings for him. Other than the feelings for your boss, these are all positive developments. How are you feeling about your job? Not great. Why? Because the work doesn't feel like it matters. I want to be celebrating right now. I just made a huge sale and all I can picture is him sappily watching me with those googly eyes and dimples. I mean, I need him to be there because he's taught me a lot working with a client and from the client's perspective, it's great because it's still difficult for someone to make headway in this industry without a dick and he is my dick in these meetings. I, I just wish I could do this without him so I didn't have to mix my professional life with my feelings. It's difficult for anyone to mix those two worlds, and from what you've told me, he has been behaving like he was emotionally dependent on you. Is that still happening? Oh, absolutely. He can't make a decision without me. What should he wear? How should he decorate his office? What should he eat for lunch? Everything. And when we travel anywhere, his attention is so focused on me, like 
He normally flies first class, but rearranged the assignments to cram into a middle seat and coach so we could share an armrest. What grown man does that? It sounds like he's infatuated with you, and you're clearly interested since he's the main focus of your sessions. So why haven't you pursued a relationship with him? It's just... I just don't want to be the woman that sleeps with her boss. I really like him, and I love the attention and pampering. Like, he's taking me out to this ridiculously expensive Japanese steakhouse to celebrate the sale tomorrow night. It's just, I've mentioned it to my friends and my mom, and they all say it's a horrible idea before I can even explain the circumstances. Plus, our office is tiny. There's only, like, three other people, and if 40% of the office is hooking up, it won't take long for everybody to find out, and that would make my day-to-day life so much harder. That's one perspective. So... What do you think I should do? These are difficult emotions that you are wrestling with. I think it's important for you to allow the situation to play out fully so that you can healthily move on to the next phase of your life, both professionally and emotionally. So you think I should do it? I think you should be honest with yourself. Once you can visualize the right path forward, I believe the decision will become clear. Well, okay, if you're co-signing. This could really go bad, you know? Wait, of course you know that. You're ensuring several more years of therapy. I'm on to you. I want to let it be known that I am not co-signing on your decisions. You should use your best judgment and plot your course of action from there. I see what you did there. And I like it. I didn't do anything there. I like it. Emily leaves Brenda's office and returns to work. As she had used her lunch break to visit her therapist, she sits at her computer with a vegetarian Greek wrap and promises herself five minutes of peace before beginning her next task. Pritha, 28 shares a desk with Emily. Though technically junior to Emily in the company's hierarchy, the staff is so small that in practice, the two women treat each other as equals. Preetha watches Emily's screen with one eye as Emily chews her food, tilts her head to the side, and ponders the placement of a cartoon heart on her design. With an ulterior motive in mind, Preetha stands up and approaches Emily's screen. I like how you cropped the heart on this design. Oh, thanks, really? I'm not so sure that it's working here. Yeah, I think it could work if you enlarge the placement. I don't know. I just think I need to walk away from it for a bit. I don't have a ton of time to think about this anyway. I have like five other things to do this afternoon before class. Class? What class are you taking? I signed up for a drop-in live figure drawing class. I haven't done anything creative for myself in a long time, and I thought this would be fun. I was thinking I should do something like that. Can anyone just go to that? Like, could I just come tonight if I wanted to? Oh. Yeah, sure. You're welcome to come if you want. It's it's not like a formal thing or anything. You don't even really have to sign up ahead of time. Yeah? Yeah. That would be great. Are you sure you don't mind me tagging along? Not at all. I'm heading straight over there after work. I'll grab you on my way out. Great. Yeah, I'll be ready. Preetha does not wait for Emily to grab her at the end of the workday. She's ready and waiting at Emily's desk the moment the clock strikes 5 p.m. Preetha suggests walking the 13 blocks south to the art studio, but Emily insists that they take the taxi cab. The two enter the studio and are greeted by the instructor, a fit male model in his early 20s disrobes. Emily looks at Preetha, smiles and blushes. The two take their seats and Emily leans over to quietly say, It's usually a girl. This is the first time they've had a man. It's not bad. I just can't tell if he's cold or small. Aw, it's like a little baby penis. Do you think he works out so much because it's so small? It's so funny you say that. I've always kind of assumed that guys who are crazy in shape are compensating for either being poor or having a small dick. 
I think you might be onto something. The only super jack guy I ever dated was a wrestler in college, and he left something to be desired. But, you know, I didn't really mind. He was so hot, and that's all I really wanted in college. He was just so pretty to look at. And it's not like any college boys really know what they're doing anyway, so... Speak for yourself. I'm not trying to get involved with any tiny little love darts. Don't even get me started. I just hooked up with a guy recently and he had a tiny little giggle stick. Seriously? Was it someone you met on Shoddy? <laughs> no, no, no. He was more weedish than Dusky. Uh, no, no, not an Indian guy. Uh, I've actually known him for a while. Do I know him? Maybe. Who is it? I promised I wouldn't say anything. Emily's stomach begins to turn as the identity of Preetha's mystery suitor comes into focus. So it is someone I know. Seriously, seriously, neither of us have told anyone, and it's kind of embarrassing if it gets out. Emily feels the room begin to spin as it becomes more difficult to deny the truth. Who? Promise me you won't say anything. Fine, who? Okay, okay. Harry. We hooked up back when I traveled with him in Atlanta to meet clients. Uh... And he got really flirty with me on the trip. He said I was driving him crazy and he couldn't stop thinking about me. Then he invited me up to his room to share a bottle of wine. I guess it was my fault, really, because I had already been drinking. And, like, you know, hotel rooms just make me feel so sexy. I went for it. And, well, that was that, really. (laughs) I basically jumped on him. Uh... so glad I got to tell you this. It's why I was so thirsty to hang out with you after work today. I promised Harry I wouldn't, but you're the only person my age at work, and it was killing me. Uh... I could tell there was this, like, awkward, flirty vibe all around the office, and I just didn't want you to feel uncomfortable thinking, like, you know, he's, like, flirting with you or something, especially since he's been after me forever. Ugh. Let's just grab a drink after class is over. Now that you know, I can tell you all the details. I actually need to get home, like, now, like, right now. Emily, hot with jealousy and feeling betrayed, feels her skin turn to fire. Had Preetha and Harry truly had an affair? Or was Preetha's story designed to keep Emily at bay? And does it even matter? Emily arrives home and thinks nothing of Harry's allegedly small dingwallers, his recent divorce, his age, his short stature, and his receding hairline. She thinks only of his smile and kind overtures toward her, and of the dinner plans she has with Harry tomorrow night. A while back, Mike and I told you about the Metal Sucks podcast. Well, apparently Chuck and Godless, who are the guys behind the Metal Sucks podcast, have another podcast called The Metal Podcast, where they talk about metal that doesn't suck, I guess. Mike, you had some opinions about their website. I do. So if you go to podcastmetal.com and click on the Who the Hell Are We, you're going to find the greatest about page picture I've ever seen in my life. It's two guys, kind of a... A heavyset dude with his arms folded across, he's got tattoos on his arms, and a beard that goes down past his nipples. It's just, it's great. And on the other side, so it's like a side-by-side picture, I've got an older guy, can I, is it mean to say he's balding? He's bald. He's bald, he's not bald, he's balding, he's got some hair up there. With wraparound glasses, he's pointing at the camera, he's got a microphone in front of him, and apparently he's in his mom's backyard because he's got a clothesline hanging behind him with a dress, possibly a muumu, but definitely a blue brazier uh, hanging out there. This is the best two photos these guys came up with together, and it's astounding. So check out podcastmetal.com and click on Who the Hell Are We. 
The following night, Emily and Harry, 50, enter the Tribeca restaurant. Emily's skin-tight dress causes her to move with less fluidity than she would normally enjoy, but she was determined to capture Harry's attention. Her efforts are rewarded when she notices Harry's cartoonish gaze upon her. They are greeted at the table by Yulia, 24, who has been working dinner shifts at this restaurant while working lunch and brunch shifts at Black Silver on the Upper West Side. The special tonight is a full-blood Wagyu tenderloin. This beef is derived from cows from our privately owned farms in Japan that provide the cows with 600 days of a grass-fed diet. The livestock is regularly massaged in order to keep the meat tender and succulent for your dining pleasure. The beef grew up on a private island off mainland Japan where it was treated to couples massages, reiki healing, and sound bath therapy before being slaughtered by Madonna's own private kosher butcher. After being flown in private jet, the steak was picked up from the airport in an Uber XL just this morning. Isn't that correct? Uh, I don't know. I just started working here. I'm only teasing. We will each have the special, medium rare. Thank you. Harry is disappointed that his joke did not even earn a whisper of a smile from Emily. You seem quiet tonight. We're celebrating. Why do you flirt with me so much? What? Around the office, and even more so when we travel, you act like I'm your girlfriend. Actually... No, you act like you want me to be your girlfriend, and you're coming after me like a lion in heat. And at that restaurant in North Hollywood, the waiter assumed we were husband and wife, and you didn't even correct him. Emily, you're amazing. You could do anything you set your mind to. I can see that. You'll be a star someday, and I want to be there when you are. I want to take care of you and help you achieve everything you want. And then I could sit back and you can take care of me. Well, that's why you had kids, right? So they could take care of you. You have... Three, right? I have six. Emily chokes on her water. Her mind is too consumed by Harry's patrilineal empire to be embarrassed by the stream of water spilling from her mouth. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised. You're very virile. Should I be concerned? I mean, I am sitting awfully close to you. Yes, I've already impregnated you. Which one of the six is Prethus kid? <coughs> what? I mean, you're so potent, right? I figured you must have impregnated her, given all the times you've hooked up. What are you talking about? She told me everything, okay? She told me you guys had sex on your trip to Atlanta. She told me you flirt with her constantly. Is this your deal? You just hire young women so you can hook up with them? Atlanta? Pritha and I hooked up after an office holiday party over a year ago. And that was a huge mistake. I had just gotten served with divorce papers. It was the holidays and I was missing my family. I got too drunk and it happened. When we were in Atlanta, we barely spoke. Whatever, Harry. No. Pritha does this. In the last year, she's actually harassed two girls I was dating. Left them dozens of voicemails. She's trying to manipulate you now. If that's true, why don't you just fire her then? My lawyer thinks that would be a huge mistake. Why don't you think she's been promoted in all this time? Why do you think I hired you at a higher level than her? I spend most of my days hoping she'll get bored and just quit. I want you to be telling me the truth. Do you want the truth? Here's the truth. I like you. Okay? I'm crazy about you. Sitting here with you now, it feels like nothing else in the world matters. You're the only woman that makes me feel like it could be in a real relationship again. Really? Yes. I can't stop thinking about you. All I want is for you to come home with me tonight, because I've been fantasizing for more time than I would care to admit about waking up in the morning with you. I don't think that's out of the question. Emily's guard lowers, and smile crawls across her face. The conversation returns to a more casual, comfortable place. As the night progresses, only laughter and longing looks emanate from the table. The bill arrives at the table, and Harry pays by credit card. 
The very moment that Harry finishes signing his name and placing the pen on the table, he and Emily exit the restaurant quickly enough that the other diners worry that something is amiss. But nothing is amiss. The two of them are simply ravenous and cannot wait another moment to be alone together. The next day at work, tension fills the air. As Emily arrives, she sees that Preetha is already at their shared workspace. Harry has been in his office with the door closed since long before Preetha's arrival. How was your celebratory dinner last night? It was really nice, actually. We had this Wagyu steak that was butchered by Madonna's personal chef. What? <laughs> I guess that would only really make sense if you were there last night. Um, did Harry talk your ear off about the condo he wants to buy in Texas? He was always going on and on about it with me. <laughs> nope. We spent most of the night talking about family and his worries about the growth of the company and <clears throat> which parts of the company are holding it back. Harry opens the door to his office and walks into the workspace with a handful of envelopes. He places a stack of them on Preetha's desk, moving past it without stopping. He places another stack on Emily's desk. Stops, looks at her, and gives her a subtle wink. Wait, what the hell was that? What was what? Preetha turns to Emily, points at her, and shouts. Oh, go fuck yourself. What did you just say to me? Did I stutter, bitch? I said go fuck yourself. Preetha! No, fuck you too, Harry. This place is bullshit. You fuck every whore that comes in here. Whore? Go fuck myself. No, you go fuck yourself. Here's a stapler. Why don't you go use it to fuck yourself? Emily stands up, storms into the elevator bank, and angrily pounds on the call button for the elevator. Preetha follows her. Y you go fuck yourself! The elevator does not arrive. Emily throws open the door to the stairs and hurries down them. One and a half flights down, she turns and shouts. No, you go fuck yourself! I'll fuck Harry! And by the way, his giggle stick was great! It wasn't tiny at all! My what?! Today was created by Mike Tanzillo and Brad Garoon. Our theme music is Loveless by GoGo Go Ghost. Stalk us on social media at Tool Today. If you have questions, comments, or the unbearable desire to be an angry troll, email us at infotooltoday.com. Want to share your dating stories? Give us a call at 718 559 1040 and leave us a message with your story. If we get really good ones, we'll play them on the show. For more info, visit tooltodate.com. And while you're there, consider leaving a donation. It will help us make more shows, pay for more dates, and <clears throat> maybe give the narrator a raise. Darkest night, and we will glow in our places anymore. Guess you're right, and I was too. We won't try. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.